0: Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review, and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message.
1: But loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us unite together in prayer. We thank you, our Father, for this time that we have set aside to remember who have given their lives for the cause of our country and those of our loved ones and friends who have passed on. We thank you, Lord, that we can remember that you have given us the great capacity to recall those times and experiences and people that mean so much to us. Lord, as we pause before you today, we would most particularly desire to remember that which you did for us on the cross of Calvary. And as we come together as your children, may we never forget that which has happened in our lives because of what you have done. Take us into your care and bless our lives. If there are people in this congregation this morning without the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Lord, speak to them in a special way. Bless us all as we worship. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. It certainly is good to have a time that we can recall. Those that have gone on, our loved ones and our friends, some of you have lost loved ones in recent weeks, all of us have lost loved ones in our memory, fathers and mothers, grandfathers, grandmothers, various other members of our family, and very dear friends. But this morning, instead of reflecting upon those things, I would like to say that there are some things that we ought to forget in the midst of our remembering. And I think Paul points out this fact very clearly to us in the 13th and 14th verses. When he says this, I count not myself to have apprehended. And the word apprehended here means achieved. I count not myself to have achieved, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth onto those things which are before or ahead, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting that which is behind and reaching forth to that which is in front of us is his theme. I want to suggest three things that I believe that we ought to forget. We ought to forget disappointments. We ought to forget those things that people have done to us that are not right. And thirdly, we ought to forget our mistakes. And I want to make some qualifications to that statement when I get to that point. First of all, I think that we ought to forget our disappointments. We have a tendency to look back in our life and remember those things that have disappointed us and dwell upon them. But I think perhaps we ought not dwell upon them. But for a moment, if you will, to reflect back in your life at your high expectations out of life, those points where you really thought you had the world by the tail and you were going out to slay the giants, You are going to set the world on fire. You are going to be the best and the greatest and have the most and the happiest of everything that life had to offer. And you probably discovered it like a friend of mine that used to be one of the members of my church and my early pastorate said to me on a number of occasions those people who are going to set the world on fire, will someday discover that the world is too green to burn. He made a good point to me that I have never forgotten that we're not going to achieve in this world all the things that we anticipated we would achieve when we started out. Our graduates are not here this morning. I wanted to say something to them about achieving, so I'll pass over some of that but ask you simply to reflect back upon your times of achievement or lack of achievement. When you first got a job and you thought this was the ultimate, nobody could ever have a better job than this and I'm going to become wealthy. And those few dollars began to uh, feel good in the pocket only to discover that the job wasn't nearly what they advertised it to be. Only to discover that the boss was a person that you could not tolerate. The conditions under which you went to work were not that which was described to you and so it didn't turn out so well. And remember when you got married how everything was going to be ideal and perfect. She was the most beautiful person in the world, and he was the greatest man that God ever created. And then began the disappointments. You ladies discovered that he didn't know how to pick up dirty clothes. Found out in me that she didn't have the slightest idea what the kitchen was for. And disappointments began to set in. And the perfect marriage turned sour for many people. Then along came the children, and parents had great aspirations that their children would be the best in the world. That was the most beautiful baby that was ever born. And he or she was the smartest kid that God ever made. And they were going to grow up and be something tremendous. We discover that they didn't amount to a hill of beans. As my grandfather used to say, weren't worth the powder and lead that it would take to blow them up. Disappointments. To say nothing of those beautiful in-laws that came to the wedding and oooed over the baby who became the most despicable people that God ever created. You're disappointed. Then we built a house or bought one that the salesman said was perfect, only we discovered that it needed several thousand dollars worth of work to keep it from leaking and the foundation from sagging and so on. And the car that we admired and spent those thousands of dollars on turned out to be colored yellow, you know, living. When we found a church, an ideal church, where everybody loved everybody, and things were so beautiful only discover after a while that we actually even had disappointments there as well and so we look back upon life and began to grieve over what might have been and never came about someone by the name of Disraeli made this statement he said "Grief." is the agony of an instant. The indulgence of grief is the blunder of a lifetime. And I think perhaps he is right. That it comes, there comes in our life a time when we must simply forget life's disappointments and move on. A prisoner was sent a letter to the prison, but it was returned to the sender by the prison with this notation on the envelope, escaped, let no forwarding address. Well, let us escape from those things that disappoint us and leave no forwarding address to those disappointments, so that they can never catch up with us. Let's not look back on those things. Secondly, let us forget those things that other people do to us that we do not like, and therefore we develop a resentment for them. As unfortunate as it may seem, all people are not angels. As a matter of fact, I don't know any. I thought my wife was one, but I discovered that I was wrong. I thought all oh, of you were in. And I discovered that I was wrong. You thought I was an angel. You discovered that wasn't true. We have discovered things about each other in our personal relationships that causes us to realize that we're all human, meaning that we have deficiencies. Meaning that we do things that are not right and say things that we ought not say and do all kinds of despicable things to each other in the family and out. We will find that people will desert us and leave us to flounder on our own. We will find that we are all like the priests and the Levites who will go down the road and casually look over at the poor man in the ditch but go on our way without giving him a helping hand. We will find that people will oppose us, desperately oppose us, when we think that we are absolutely right and there's somebody who thinks we're absolutely wrong and our feelings get trampled on. We will find that people will say things about us that are absolutely not true and slander our names in the community and in the church and in the family and at school and at work And on and on it goes. We will find people do in fact let us down and abuse us and talk about us and hurt our feelings. And how do we know that they will do these things? Because we discover that we ourselves do them in return, if we're honest. Paul spoke of people who did terrible things to him and he even named some of them by name. When he said of Damas, that he was in love with this present world and has deserted me. He even complained about Peter, who was not totally honest with him. He said that Alexander did me great harm. And then he said in 2 Timothy four sixteen that no one took my part. All have deserted me. Do you ever feel like you're all alone and everybody's opposed to you? If you haven't gotten there yet, you haven't experienced. And it's not a very good experience. That's what Elijah said that he experienced after he had been on top of Mount Carmel and had won that tremendous battle against all of those prophets of Baal. And he ran and hid and was distressed and distraught and God came to him and was asking him what he was doing there. And Elijah began to complain, I'm the only one left. Nobody else worships you. And God showed him that in Israel that there were 7,000 that still believed in and worshipped God. Yes, I think we need to forget those experiences in our life that would cause us to turn bitter because of what somebody has done to us. For the thing that we will discover that happens when one dwells upon the resentment that he builds up in his life against somebody else is that his Christian Testimony goes downhill. You mark that as an absolute truth. When you dwell upon the things that have been done to you, you will not be lifting up Christ. It will suffer. All of us experience those times. And if you will remember for a moment when those things have happened to you, you will have to admit in that period in your life, Jesus Christ was not number one. And his glory was not shining through. Therefore, to remember... Those things that others have done to us is to dwell upon them to the point that it makes us bitter, and the ultimate end of a bitter person is an old, alone individual. Nobody wants to be around that individual who is continually bitter. And they will be shunned and left alone, and oftentimes will live out their days in loneliness because they cannot forget what somebody did or somebody said. Paul said, forget that which is behind. Forget that which is behind and look forward to that which is ahead. So the thing that we need, I believe, is a forgiving spirit, one that holds no grudges, one that voices no resentment, So that the mind that was in Christ can be the mind that is in us. And that's what our scripture tells us. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. When we have a mind of Christ within us, then we will forget those things that were done against us and reach forth into those things which we can do for the benefit of others. And thirdly, let me say that we need to forget our mistakes. Now, let me qualify that. We need to remember our mistakes in order to use them as stepping stones to build upon. But we don't need to remember them in order to continually put ourselves down. And I face this continually in counseling. Many, many, many times people come to me and talk of that they cannot do anything. They're no good And this type of approach. This is not the thing that ought to be done at all. Yes, we have our mistakes, and we ought to use them to build upon, and we all make mistakes, and we all sin, but we should not dwell upon them to the point of using them as uh, excuses or Uh, Putting ourselves down as a consequence. Reflect, if you will, the times when you faced a crossroads in life. You've all been there, I've been there. We came to a point in life when we had to make a decision. Let's say it's about a job. The decision had to be: do I take this job and go this direction? Or do I deny that job and go another direction? You have to decide what to do. What do I do? What do I do? And we mull it over and pray about it perhaps. And then we make up our mind and go. Only to discover afterwards that it was the wrong way to go. Have you ever had the wrong job? Let me tell you, I've been in wrong jobs. I've made the wrong decisions at the crossroad. Maybe it was about moving. Have you ever moved to regret that you made the move? Terry, you regret you went to Florida? You do? Well, how about that? Not yet. Oh, I thought you were saying, yes, you regretted it. You don't regret it. Have any of you ever made a move in your life and you actually regretted that you did it? You have, Barbara? Senate, you say you have? You regret it? Wilma, have you? I guarantee you, I have. Now I believed very sincerely and earnestly at the point in time that I was making that decision that the move was the right move to make. But I discovered something later on after I faced the fact that I probably was not allowing God to direct my decision nearly as much as I thought I was allowing it. I was colored in my thinking by other personal things the excitement of a move, the uh, possibilities of uh, more money, the opportunities that I thought were there and discovered that it was the wrong thing to do. And then, what do we do about it? I'm not asking any of you to respond to this one, but do you... Have you ever entertained the thought you probably married the wrong person? Don't anybody answer that out loud. There might be a few of us, not many in the congregation, who would say, I have never regretted the decision that I made to marry my husband or wife. But I suspect that most of us have entertained the thought at some time or other, brother, that was a mistake. The wrong move. If we dwell upon that, we'll start saying, if only I could back up and start over. If only I would do things different the next time around. But listen, we don't have those next times. We can't go backward. We can only go forward. And it may be that we can make some decisions that will correct the mistake, but it doesn't erase the fact that we have to admit there have been times in our life when we have done the wrong thing, when at the, at the point that we were doing it, we thought it was right. Isn't hindsight great? If we could live by that, we'd never have any problems. But no Omar Cayenne. The verse says the moving finger writes and having wit moves on. Nor all of your pity nor wit can turn it back. Nor all of your tears wash out a line of it. I think that's right. We might as well forget that which we have done. After seeking God's forgiveness for our sins. And move on. And that's what Paul said. Do you think Paul would have been the great missionary that he was had he dwelled upon the fact that for years he persecuted the church? When his sins were forgiven on the road to Damascus, from that point on he looked forward, not backward. Wherever you are in your life, in whatever circumstances you find yourself, I would suggest this morning that it's time for us to forget about what has taken place behind us and simply look where are we going and what can we do there. Look forward. Correct those things that we can correct in our path. Seek forgiveness for those things for which we ought to ask God's forgiveness. Redirect our thinking and our thoughts and set our minds on things above and we will do what Paul says, press toward the mark. What mark are we to go forward to? What well, did he call it? It's a prize, he said, and he called it the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The high calling of God. Have you reached the high calling of God? If you're not a Christian this morning, you want to forget your past, At this point in time, pray God's forgiveness of your sin and start a new life. And I'll tell you what, there's one thing that God cannot do. God cannot remember sins that he has forgiven. If there is sin in your life and mine, And we earnestly petition God to forgive our sin. He not only forgives, but he consequently forgets. Forget that which is behind and look forward to that which is before. Let us pray.